what, it is, it is an honor to be able to, to speak to you this morning, and uh, I've got a real simple message today, but I'll tell you one thing. I, I look out across this congregation, and I see some of the guys that, that we all meet together, our, our connect group on Wednesday nights, and uh, you know, you guys are just inspiring, those of you guys that are here. We've been talking about Ephesians lately over the past uh, few weeks now, and this last not Wednesday, because the ladies had their meeting in here, but the Wednesday before that, we were talking, and we, we just got some really, really awesome guys in there. And we were talking about transformation and the process of transformation in and, and that particular passage of Scripture. We're going to be referring to another passage a little bit later. But it's just awesome to see what God can do in the lives of people. And let me tell you something. Every one of you guys today that are living for the Lord, living for Jesus, you have such an awesome opportunity, not only for your own life to have purpose and fulfillment, but the people that you live life with, the people that you work with, the people that you're around, you have an opportunity to just express the love and the relationship that you have in Jesus Christ. And it does make a difference. It does make a difference. And I just want to encourage you in that today. Well, as we get started this morning, uh, I had an opportunity to speak one other time a few months ago, and I was talking about next steps and about how, you know, we're all at different places in life. You know, we're, you know, I, I used an example of a baseball stadium, and I showed a picture of how there, uh, before the game, there was a lot of people down on the field level. A lot of people were ready to go. They were, they were excited and ready to be there, but not so much on the upper level. And I used an example of how a guy had uh, been invited by a friend of his to go to a baseball game. And he really wasn't really interested in baseball too much, but he, after you know, being invited over and over again, he went ahead and went to a baseball game. And he's, they're up in the upper deck in this particular case, and the ball game's going on. The home team's losing. And you know, it's, it's okay to be there, but eighth inning comes around. Bottom of the ninth, the home team ties it up, and everybody's in the game. And bam, at the crack of the bat, home run. The, the uh, home team wins. Place goes crazy. Crowd goes wild. And this guy, man, he like got a hold of that. He's like, man, this is awesome. This is a good time. This is fun. I'm having a, I'm having a great time. And uh, I use that illustration. It's a real simple illustration to, to kind of depict the levels of where people are at. Not only did he have a good time at that game, he got more interested in baseball in general. And later in the season, he started paying a little bit more money to get down further into the game. And then eventually, by the end of the season, he was right down there on the front row, spending a little extra money to be a part of that. And that's a simple little illustration of where we all can just kind of take evaluation and think about where am I at in life and what's going on in my life. And so this morning, I just want us to do that. I, I've got a, a simple little message, uh, you know, mentioning social media. I came up with a silly little title. This is going to be called uh, My New Selfie. That's going to be the the title of our, our message today, My New Selfie. And I've got a, a passage of scripture I'd like to read with us or read for you. If you wouldn't mind turning in your Bible, we're going to start at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Is there anybody here that's experienced that yet? Anybody a new creation in this place? All right. Awesome. 
And I'd like to jump to Ephesians chapter 4, if we could put that up, that passage of Scripture. Verse 21, it says, Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, and here it is, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness, to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So I just want us to kind of unpack this a little bit today. What does it mean to put off the old self and to put on the new self? Well, there's a a clue in verse 23. It says to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. You know, our attitude about things has so much, it plays such a big part and the way we live our life and the way we conduct ourselves around others, the way people perceive us. And it's important that we take into account where we're at. And I'm passionate, as, as I mentioned, our Connect group, uh, I'm passionate to see especially men, uh, young guys, to just step up and to realize that God has a purpose and a, a place for every one of them. And that goes for all of us. Men, women, young people, children, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And when I think about this simple little title of putting on my new self, having a new purpose, having a new self, being a a new creation in Christ Jesus, I'm encouraged about the fact of the potential that's represented in all of us as the body of Christ because we have such opportunity available to us in the world that we live in. How many of you guys here today can can remember, if you know Jesus Christ, how many of you here today can remember the change that took place in your life? Like you know that there was a distinct, actual something that changed and your old self, right? Your old self passed away and behold, all things are new in Christ Jesus and you begin to put on your new self. Well, do not forsake humble beginnings. And I encourage you today, if you're... um, If you don't know the Lord, I just want to stop right here. Please don't leave here today. If you don't know Jesus, if if your life is a mess and you don't know Christ, please don't leave here today before doing that. And I'd like to just tell just a a, a little quick story about my own own personal testimony. Um, Just to kind of give you an idea of, of in my case, in my situation, how the old self left and I put on the new self. The old self left and the new self came in. It all started when I was a young person like many of you here today, and you may have a similar story, just a simple guy from a simple family, didn't have a whole lot, had food. I had a, I had a good childhood, I had a good time, you know. In my generation, we played outside all the time. We were always gone, you know, riding our mini bikes, our dirt bikes, gone all day long, having a good time. But later on, as I grew up from adolescence and I got into my teenage years, I started going down some wrong paths. And from the time I was about 14, 13 or so, to about the time I was 17, 18, I just became a hellion. I mean, I was just into everything. uh, And I'm not even going to bother with going into the details. A lot of you guys have similar stories too, but you know what I'm talking about. Just plummeted into the uh, depths of despair and sin. Sin. And here's the thing, man. Sin will take you out. Sin, the wages of sin is death. And here's the thing about sin, and here's the thing about the world, is that what looks like freedom 
and what looks like fun, and listen to this, what looks like freedom and what looks like fun is bondage in disguise. Do you hear that? What looks like fun and what looks like freedom is actually bondage in disguise. And if you start going down that road, the next thing you know, you're going to be trapped. You're going to be trapped and it's going to be too late. And that's what almost happened to me. By the time I was 18, I was in all kind of trouble, more trouble than I can even have time to tell you about. Uh, trying to lay low, trying to stay out of, out of the public as much as I could. And uh, you know what? It came, you know, it was just a night. I was raised in church. I was sitting on the couch in my living room in my parents' house. My mom still lives in the same house I grew up in. I, was, I can still remember it to this day. I was sitting on the right end of the couch on the right-hand side, drinking a glass of chocolate milk and watching television when I gave my heart to Jesus. I gave my heart to the Lord, just sitting on the couch. And you know what happened? It was something that took place in my life because of the seeds that had been planted in me, the impression. We've, we've talked about that before. But Jesus came in, and the old passed away, and behold, the new began to happen. And I want to talk to you about three little simple things real quick. Information, salvation, and transformation. Information, salvation, and transformation. I knew the information. I knew about Jesus. I was raised in church. And after I bought into the trap of sin and fun and found myself in a mess, I went from information, it went to my heart. It went into my heart, and I accepted Christ, and I received salvation. But then I had to start another process. It's called transformation. I had to begin the transformation process. It doesn't end right there. It doesn't end right there. Once we're saved and we accept Jesus and we've repented of our sins, we begin the path of new life. We've taken off the old, we put off the old self and we put on the new self. But let me tell you something, it's not the end. It's a process of walking it out and living it out and growing. We're babes in Jesus Christ. And I just wonder this morning, how many of us have put on Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but we've kind of stopped there. We haven't begun to walk it out and grow and mature, which is what we've been talking about in Ephesians lately, growing up and maturing to experience all that the Lord has for us. So what, I, what happened to me was at that time, and I'm almost embarrassed to share this, but I'm just going to be completely transparent. At that time, you know, being from a real you know, simple family, um, my, I was in trouble. My parents told me, they said, I was 19 years old at this point. They said, okay, if you're going to live in our house, if you're going to live in this house, you, either, you, you can either leave or you can go to church. You can go to church. And this was, this was all happening around the same time when I gave my heart to the Lord. So this all kind of culminated together. So I didn't have anywhere to go, so I started going to a church with them. It just happened to be a church of God in the St. Louis area. The church is probably, the whole sanctuary is probably about as big as this section right here. And I remember the first time that I went into that church, I sat on the very back pew. It seemed huge to me. I sat on the very back pew, and this pastor, his name is Tommy Edwards, Brother Tom Edwards, came back to me and shook my hand, and he just said a few words to me. Let me tell you something. You don't know how important he is. Even as you are part of this body, if you consider New Hope to be your home, you don't know how important just, just talking to people is, just a smile. 
Just let what's inside of you. If you know Jesus, just let what's inside of you, just let it out in a smile, a handshake, an encouraging word. And that's what happened to me. He just said, how are you doing? And I said, good. So after a few weeks had passed, he found out that I knew to play a few chords on the guitar. And he said, you know what? We don't have very many people to help small church. Would you help out? I said, sure, I'll help out. And I began playing and helping a little bit in the, in the band. And then I got to lead a song. And that's really where everything started for me. But he told me, this pastor told me, he said, I really, I really think you should consider going to school, going to college. Nobody in my family had ever been to college. I had no, absolutely no intention to go to college at all. But after he encouraged me, spent time with me, used to come by my house and pick me up, take me to play racquetball. I mean, just a, just a, a godly man. And uh, I, I started to pay attention to what he had to say. And I said, okay, I'll do that. So come around time for school. There's a school in Tennessee called Lee College, Lee University now. It's affiliated with the Church of God. That's where he suggested I go. Okay, I'll go there. Had no clue about that. So I pack up my car, I load it up, and I drive uh, all the way from St. Louis all the way to Cleveland, Tennessee. And I go in. Uh, I don't look like a lot of the other students because I just kind of came out of the world, if, if you will. And I didn't really look kind of, you know, I just kind of felt out of place. And I'm standing in this line. And there's a registration table. They got all these books out there. And I walk up and they said, can I help you? And I said, yes, I'm here to register. I'd like to go to college. And they said, okay, what's your name? So I, I said, told them my name, Steve Candler. They're looking. They can't, they can't find it. So I don't have any, any record of you, you here in the book. And I said, well, okay. And he said, you, did you, do you have your financial aid and all your paperwork? And I was like, uh, and financial aid? No, what's that? And so I, I didn't have any money. I had nothing. Just packed up my car. I, don't, I really, it's embarrassing now that I tell this because I don't know what I was thinking. But I went. And uh, with it being a, a, a Christian college, um, they have a campus pastor. He happened to be nearby, saw what was going on. He come and got me. He said, young man, he said, come here. And he said, come back here for a second. He took me in this uh, little uh, closet with some file cabinets. And he said, I hate to tell you, but, you know. And he, he couldn't say it. And I said, I'm not going to be able to go to school, am I? And he's like, no, not going to be able to go to school. Uh, I said, okay. So I, I think I stayed in the dorm one more night. Well, I wasn't supposed to be there because I wasn't officially a student. And uh, packed up my car. Now, keep in mind, the little church I went to had a sending away party for me. They gave me money. We had cake. You know, they clapped their hands for me. Oh, Brother Steve's going to college. Yeah. So uh, a week later, here I come driving back up. Now, that was hard. That was hard. That was tough. I was embarrassed. I felt bad. Um, I spent the money, if I'm honest about it. And... Uh, but you know what? The pastor encouraged me, and he said, you know, that's okay. We'll, tr we'll get everything in order, and, and I did. I got my, my stuff together, went back to school, and uh, went to school. And I remember this one last little part I wanted to share. There's a lot more, believe me. But um, went back to school, didn't know anybody. And they had this freshman orientation for all of the new students that were on campus, and a lot of students were there. I don't know, five, six, seven hundred students in this big auditorium. I'm talking big. Now, keep in mind, I was from a small little church sitting on the back pew, and all of a sudden, there's all these really nice-looking people, and, and I'm, I feel out of place, and, and uh, they're having this orientation. They got all these activities going on, and they got the band up there playing. They're having a good time, and that's what it's supposed to be, just to let the new students get acclimated and come in, and 
they started doing this giveaway um, of like gift certificates for, the, you know, college students need money for food and stuff like that. It was like $10. So they're like, okay, we got a gift certificate up here for uh, $10 for Burger King. And uh, if Brother Buddy Smith is uh, anywhere in the, uh, you know, audience, uh, you know, come on up. We got, we got a $10 gift certificate for you. So everybody applause and person goes up there. And uh, I start to think about this. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if by chance they were to have, they didn't have my name the first time I enrolled in college. What if they have my name now? What if they have my name now? I started really getting afraid about this. I was afraid of having to go up in front of people. I was afraid about having to go up on that platform. And I'm like, wow, there's 600 people in here. It's probably not going to be. Is Steve Candler in the room? We have a $10 gift certificate for Taco Bell. And uh, I was like, I literally, I was about three-fourths of the way back with a few guys that I'd met. I immediately took off out the aisle, ran out the back door. They're saying, Steve, where are you going? Where are you going? They called your name. They called your name. I'm like, yeah, I know they called my name. I'm out of here. And so I went out the back door, through the atrium, out the entrance door, and jumped, literally jumped over the railing into some bushes. I literally was hiding in the bushes, and I just waited it out until that thing was over, and then I went back in later. So. But anyway, I, I tell you that little silly story that's kind of embarrassing now that I think about it. I may never tell that story again. Um, but I tell that story because it's an example of the grace and the mercy of God coming into somebody's life in the process of moving through, once I accepted, once I had the information of who Jesus was and it became revelation in my heart and it went from information to salvation and then I let it move from that into transformation. And after all these years later, I still hate being in front of people. I do not like standing up here right now, but it's the grace and the mercy of God that comes alongside and gives you purpose. It gives you purpose and it makes you a new creation and it does something in your life that you could have never believed or dreamed that you'd be able to do that. That's available to every person. Please hear me. That's available to every person. Every one of you in here this morning has an opportunity to live out a great adventure a great adventure in Jesus Christ to do things that make you a little anxious, that make you a little nervous. I look around here and I see some of you guys sitting here today that you're, you're, you have a, a, a testimony like that as well. You're doing things you never would have dreamed you'd be doing. You're reaching people you never would have dreamed you'd be able to reach just by living your life. Experience the fullness and the love and the hope and everything that Jesus is in you, living it out, letting it come out through you into a world. Let me tell you, this world is dark, broken, and it needs all of us letting the life of Jesus out into those places. Amen? Amen. Okay, I've got ahead of myself just a little bit. Let's uh, look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. This is what it says, and this is the transformation part. Salvation, information, salvation, transformation. To get a new self, to put on a new self, this is what you have to do. Therefore, I urge you, brother, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Now, look at this next part. This is your spiritual act of worship. It's an act of worship. This is a powerful 
scripture. All scripture is profitable and powerful. This is so applicable to us right now in this culture that we live in. I urge you, brother, in view of God, think about that, in view of God's mercy. Come on, let's think about that for a minute. In view of God's mercy, let's not take God's mercy for granted. Let's not take God's mercy lightly. What we need to have is a, is a, a conscious response to glorious mercy to the glorious gospel. We need to have a conscious response to that. To offer our body, in view of God's mercy, we consciously decide, okay, Lord, your mercy has been so great, I'm gonna respond. I'm gonna respond to that. And now the next thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna bring myself up here. I'm gonna offer myself as a living sacrifice. And Lord, when I do that, when I offer myself as a living sacrifice, I know that it's going to be holy and pleasing to you. And Lord, I know that this is an act of worship. Every time that you submit and you surrender the attitude of your heart to the purposes of God in your life, you know what happens? It's an act of worship. It's an act of worship. You're just constantly worshiping. There was a brother from our connect group that came to the early service this morning. And some, of these, some of the guys have got a hold of this transformation thing, and it so encourages me. He sent me a little text afterwards. He said, man, the transformation is still taking place. I'm, I'm still moving forward, and that's so encouraging. And, and then the scripture goes on to say in verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Here it is. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. New stuff. New, new, new stuff. New information. New data. New revelation. Being renewed in our mind. Then you will be able to attest and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Man, that's a, that scripture is a sermon and a message in and of itself. If we do not conform to the pattern of this world, and if we're transformed, we're transformed by putting on that new self we read about in Ephesians. We're transformed. We're putting on the new self consciously every day, offering ourselves as a living sacrifice, laying it down, laying it down. Then we can test and approve what God's perfect will is for our lives. So many people want to know, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? Get to know Jesus. Make Jesus the center of your attention. Set your heart's focus on him and begin to live life with him being the Lord and let yourself be renewed by the word and watch what happens. The Lord will open doors that you won't believe. The Lord will give you opportunities you never thought of. You'll have God encounters that you didn't think you would have. And you will be amazed at what the Lord will do in your life. One little side note, I met my beautiful bride down here at Lee College. That was another reason I think I went. Uh, that was awesome. The Lord blessed me and blessed me and blessed me. So what is, the, what is a pattern of the world? What's one of the patterns of the world? Well, one of the patterns of the world, and I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean here, I promise I, I like social media. I love looking. I love scanning through the feed at Facebook. I like funny videos. I like watching all that stuff. But if we're really, really honest about it, we know what also happens with social media. There's, there's, we like to put things out there that just like, you know, says, man, you know, here's, here's, here's me. Here's what's going on. I find it very interesting, side note, I find it very interesting 
that one of the most celebrated events in the world, now check this out, one of the most celebrated events in the world, not only in this country, but it's watched on television around the entire globe, is this little event, you might have heard of it, called the Academy Awards. Anybody ever heard of that? The Academy Awards. And what do they get when they go up there? They get this little golden thing, right? This little statue they hold up. And people from all around the world celebrate the people for this one thing. Guess what this one thing is? They can pretend to be somebody else. That's it. That's it. They get an award and they're applauded the world over because of that one thing. They can pretend to be somebody else. And if we're not careful, the unique thing that God is wanting to do in us we can lose sight of it. Let me, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. And I'm, I want to make sure I say this right because I, I thought of this thought and I wrote it down. Here's what it says. Here, here's what I wrote down. The fastest way to kill something special, the fastest way to kill something special in your life that God is doing is to compare it to somebody else. All right? The fastest way to kill something special that God is doing, there's something unique about your life, The fastest way to kill it is to compare it to somebody else. And so we are so caught up in this image thing. Like, you know, like I mentioned the Academy Awards, people that can pretend to be somebody else. And we we were constantly, if we're honest, you know, I would have thought by the time that I am now, the age that I am, you know, I wouldn't be so much concerned about thinking about other people. But if I'm really honest about it, come on, let's be honest about it. You kind of notice things about other people sometimes, don't you? And it kind of comes, it kind of comes down to, to this sort of a, a, a thought process. And I actually heard this from a, a, a message I watched a little snippet of from a pastor in Atlanta. But he talks about it this way, that the people that want to live in the land of Ur. You ever heard about those people in the Bible? The people that want to live in the land of Ur. Living in the land of Ur. Here's what living in the land of Ur says it says i just want to be richer right i gotta have some er i just want to be richer i just want to be skinnier right i just want to be smarter i just want to be taller i want to be prettier i want to be happier and on and on and on and, and if, I could, if I could just, uh, you know, you, you ladies on Mother's Day kind of got off kind of easy, I felt like. Can I just pick on the ladies a little bit? So you, you wives, you spouses sometimes, you, what happens like with the whole comparison thing is, you know, not only do we see that for myself, but I want some more, I want more er for my spouse now. I want my husband to have more er. I want him to be successful er. Right? Is that a word? I want to be him to be better. And then we want it for our kids. We want them to be smarter. And all along, the reason why we're driven by that is because we're comparing ourselves to other people. Right? We're comparing our lives. We're comparing what, who we are to the culture. And that's what that passage of Scripture was referring to in Romans Don't conform to the pattern of this world of of looking at other people, what they have. And I need more er, I need more of that because Bob and Sally, man, they got it going on. Look at all the er. So then what happens now, er's not enough. Now I want some est. 
I want to be the strong guest. I want to be the smart est. I want to be the best est. I don't know that. That don't work. Sorry about that. But you get the idea, right? We want, we want more est. And we get trapped. We get stuck. And the process that God began, because we had information, we accepted salvation, and we have transformation available, but no, we get stuck because we fall into the trap of society and the pattern of culture, and that's where we stop, boom, and we park. And the, the beautiful thing that God has put in you, you've compared it to somebody else, and now it's not beautiful to you anymore. The unique thing that God wants to do in you, young person, ma'am, sir, the wonderful, beautiful thing that God wants to do in you, it's not happening because you're stuck. You've let yourself fall into the trap of Ur, living in the land of Ur, comparison. And I, 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 I'm asking you, let's, let's get out of that. Let's move out of that. Here's the thing about, here's the thing about traps. Here's the thing about traps is that the more familiar, familiar you, we are with a trap, the more likely we are to stay in it. That's what happens to us. We become so familiar and accustomed to the traps of this culture, we don't think it's that big of a deal. Like when I was telling you that little snippet of my testimony, that sin and what looks like freedom and all of that is nothing more than bondage in disguise. It's going to take you down. It's going to grab a hold of you. That's why it's called bondage. It's called bondage. It's going to hold you back and hold you down. I saw a, uh, I saw a really interesting little story on National Geographic or Discovery, something like that. It was a story, of, and I, I saw this. It had been some years ago. I used this illustration quite a bit. It's a story about an area in Africa that... Um, had a particular area that was great in agriculture. They were actually able to produce a lot of crops in this particular region. But, you know, like here in the United States, we have, you know, pests of various kinds or whatever. But in Africa, they have a whole different uh, kind of a pest problem. In this particular region, they had an issue with uh, hippopotamuses. Let me just clarify that by saying hippos. They had an issue with hippos uh, in this particular region, and they were literally ravaging and destroying the agriculture that was uh, very important to the sustenance of that of that region. And so, uh, let me let me say it this way: what they had, what they had, was some hungry, hungry hippos. Okay, if you remember anything, that's tweetable, by the way. If you want to tweet that later, wait till I get done though first. Because, but they had some hungry, hungry hippos. And, but they were just tearing up the area. And um, so what they did, they called in the wildlife experts and the game management people and all that. And they said, we got we to deal with this. We can't just go out there and shoot them and take them out. We got to remove them. So what they did, and I found this to be very fascinating and applicable. They brought in these trucks and they had these big sections of fence. And what they did in this big area where there was a watering hole was probably... Way, probably a good bit larger this entire room right here and it, you know it kind of comes down where it's all muddy around you've seen that on the television in those kind of regions muddy all around the basin and the bottom of that well every night uh, these hippos would, would come back there to stay near the water so there'd be dozens of them coming back and they'd be all around in the, in the area of that 
uh, bottom area there in that pond. And so what they began to do on the backside of that, that water hole, they began to set up these sections of fence. They just set up a few sections of fencing. And the next day, they put up a, a few more fences. And the, the person that was doing this particular story, this particular documentary, after several days, they said, you know, you're, what are you doing? You're like, don't, they, don't the hippos see what's, what's going on? That, that you're putting up this, uh, this, this fence around, this uh, watering hole. And they, the researchers said, yes, exactly. That's, that's part of the plan. That's, that's, part of the, that's part of the process. And here's what he said. We want them to become comfortable with the trap. Think about that. We want them to become comfortable and familiar with this, what we're putting up. And over a period of days and days, they just continued around this large watering hole until one night when the hippos were all back down in that basin area, they put in the last few sections and they didn't even pay attention. Didn't even pay attention to it because they'd become so familiar with the trap. And that night, all they had to do when the morning came around, after the, after the night and the morning came around, they just you know, herded them right out of that one opening, loaded them up in trucks and took them away, carted them off. Can I tell you that the same thing applies with the pattern of this world and this culture that we live in? Right? The same thing happens. There's all kind of things available to you that's bondage disguised as freedom. You can become familiar with it and it don't even affect you anymore. Don't even think about it. You know, you do something you're not supposed to do. Oh, nothing happened. Oh. Nothing happened. Oh, nothing happened. Oh, nothing happened. Ah, nothing happened. And you just continue down that path when all along, guess what's happening? You're being loaded up into the truck and carted away. Being loaded up in the truck and carted away. The purposes that God had for you, there they go. The plans that God had for you, there they go. The unique thing that was beautiful in your life, but you compared it to somebody else and now it's not beautiful anymore, there it goes. So I just want to encourage you this morning. Let's believe that Jesus is the Lord and he offers new life. He offers not only the salvation, but he offers transformation. God has such a wonderful, unique work for all of us. You know, and even, even just on a practical level, like the way that we do live our lives out as new creations, as putting on the new, taking off the old and putting on the new, we need to also be aware of how we conduct ourselves even on social media. And we're using this silly little title, My New Selfie, right? You know, I don't really hardly even know how to take a selfie. I, I, I kind of think I got it pretty close down. But even with social media as believers, let's... Let's remember what the Word of God says. I, I don't have time to go back and read it, but as guys, those of you guys that are here from our Connect group, as we've been reading through Ephesians, you know, Paul is really, you know, he goes on to chapter 4, talk about those that are given for various, uh, you know, for evangelists and pastors and teachers and everything. It's for the equipping of the saints so that we can grow up in Christ. And that chapter in chapter 4 starts off by saying that we are to make every effort to keep the bond of peace, the bond of unity, and the bond of peace 
in Christ Jesus. Because you know what? All of us, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you're living out your life as, as Jesus being the Lord of your life, we all have a responsibility to the way that we conduct ourselves. And here's a simple little thing. We're either building people up, building situations up, or we're tearing them down. We're tearing them down. That's just, a, that's just a little side note. Just keep that in mind. As we're participating in social media and doing those kind of things, we can either be a reflection of the body of Christ and bring strength to it, or we can cause somebody to look at that and go, why are they saying that? What's going on with the church? What's going on with this whole thing with being a Christian? Because people are watching and people do take note of those kind of things. And we do have a responsibility. We have a responsibility not only to one another, but we have a responsibility to be light. Matter of fact, that chapter in my Bible, in my, my NIV Bible, which I actually got when I finally graduated from college. It took me six years, by the way, to graduate from college. Um, and I worked hard. But uh, the, that heading in chapter four, later in chapter four says, living as children of light. Let's live as children of light. Amen. Amen. Um, I tell you what, let's do this. Let's all just stand if we could this morning. I had a few more things, but I, I want to respect your time today. And uh, I think I've said what needs to be said. If you, if you hear anything, two things. The takeaway, two things. If you don't know Jesus, I, man, I, I want to promote Jesus this morning. I don't know if I've done it enough today. I want to promote Jesus. I want, I want to promote Jesus Christ for all of you from the left to the right, front to the back. I want to promote Jesus Christ. Jesus is the answer. He's the Lord. He's your fulfillment. He's your joy. He's your peace. He's your strength. Jesus, if you hear anything, hear the name of Jesus today. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Jesus. So two things. If you don't know Jesus, oh, you just don't know. I want you to know, I want you to know, would you please take it from me? Would you please take my word for it? Jesus will change your life. He will change your life, make you a new creation, taking the old off and, and the new coming in. He'll do it for you. So please don't leave here. Matter of fact, could I be so bold just ask it? Could we bow our heads? Is that okay to ask that? Because I want to do this. If you don't know Jesus today, I promise you, I promise you, I'm not going to, go through a process of having you come down. I won't do that. But I just want you to be bold. I do want you to publicly here in this place, if you don't know Jesus and you're ready to say, I want to make, I want to be, I want to be a, a believer. I, I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I want to be saved today. I want to, I want to put aside sin. If just raise your hand, just real quick, just raise it up. Just raise it up wherever you're at today. Just raise it up. Okay. All right. And then, and the second thing is if, you feel like you can relate to this. You feel stuck, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're constantly, you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, you don't know what the next step is. I want us to pray together. I want us to pray together. I want us to pray together as we leave here today. Let's just, let's just pray together. Lord, as we prepare to leave this, this house today, this place where we've gathered together, Lord, in your name, as we prepare to leave. Lord, I know, like myself, there's, there's 
places that we all need to move into that we've not been yet. We've stopped, we've got stuck, we've compared ourselves to other people, we've allowed discouragement to set in, we've not, we've not been active. Lord, those of us that are more mature, that we've, been, that we've been believers for a while, Lord, help us to move on to further maturity. Lord, I know there's a call, your word calls us to maturity. Lord, if we've stopped in the process, Lord, prompt us, Holy Spirit. Give us that revelation in our heart, Lord, to know what to do, the steps to take, that we can be filled with your purpose and your plan and not just be something that is an idea or something that we talk about, but it's something that we actually do and that we're conscious, that we make a conscious decision, a conscious response in view of your mercy, in view of your mercy. So, Lord, I pray that you'd prompt that, prick our hearts in such a way, Lord, that we would get a hold of that as we leave this place today. Now, Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus that we would all be able to walk in your favor and your grace and your mercy as we grow in you, Lord Jesus, throughout the rest of this week and the months to come. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. God bless you, everybody.